You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. And my name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline Church, and also I run a ministry called MyXP, where we help pastors solve problems around the country by providing remote executive pastor support to uh, churches that are interested. All right. We're about to cross a big milestone. Yeah. Episode 50. Mm-hmm. We're halfway mm-hmm. to 100. Mm-hmm. Which gets us what prize? I don't know. Nothing. I don't know. I In my if, mind, for I some reason, you, it was it's a milestone of some kind. That's true. That's fair. I mean, I asked you if you had anything for me to yeah. celebrate the And 50. then you said, like, diamonds. Well, I think 50 is diamonds. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea why you think each, that. No, each... Each you know, decade? Is that a is thing? A, there's like a thing. There's like paper and diamonds and... Paper, huh? I'm watching... Yeah, that's one of them. It's pretty early on. Yeah, like uh, but first like, date. But like, like some people give money because money's made of paper. Oh, or I okay. know that um, uh, I'm watching New Girl right now, uh-huh. re-watching New Girl, yeah. and Nick and Schmidt celebrate their 10-year anniversary and it's tin. Mm. I don't know if Schmidt made that up or if that's legit, but somewhere somebody wrote this down. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I didn't get you anything. I apologize. Nothing at all. Well, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But I do want to know. All right. So 50 episodes in. Let's talk about something that you have found uh, surprising Mm -hmm. or that you've enjoyed thus far. Yeah. I think the thing that I appreciate the most about what we get to do is that um, I have spent a great deal of life thinking that I was pretty crazy Mm -hmm. about the things that I think about and Mm -hmm. wonder about and just, uh, just always improvement, tiny little movements here and there and all of those types of things. Always tweaking. Yeah. Always everything in life, Mm -hmm. not just ministry, not just my XP, not just from the field. Everything Everything, is going to get a little tweak, a little bit of feedback, all of that. And I really have wondered, there must be something wrong with me. And Mm -hmm. I think there definitely is. There's yeah. no question on that. <laughs> and I think it's one of those things, uh, sort of like Michael Scott, where his, you know, he he works too hard. He he, he loves too he much. He loves too much. All of that. <laughs> I think your greatest uh, weaknesses can also be strengths, uh-huh. and, and so on and so forth. And so, uh, what I have loved is recognizing that. Uh, that approach to ministry, to the things that we talk about, mm-hmm. is not normative, mm-hmm. but based on the feedback that we've received, is genuinely helpful to people who are in ministry uh, because God has not wired them in the same way he's wired me or Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he's given us an opportunity to uh, share what we have learned in the way that our brains work with others, and I love that. Yeah, I do too. I think the thing that is the most, there's two things that I was thinking of that are the most surprising to me. One is genuinely that we're still doing this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I thought for sure within 10 episodes, I'm going to, I'm going to be bored. And those first 10 were hard to, it was, it was yeah. hard to get the, uh, the old engine to, to turn yeah. over. Yep. I just would, the beautiful thing is, uh, I just put stuff on your calendar. I could feel you were just like willing this forward and i didn't yeah yeah but we've we've hit a stride and i love doing it now and then the second thing is i'm genuinely shocked that people listen 
Really? Yeah. And okay. not because I don't feel like, I mean, it, I wouldn't do it if I didn't feel like hopefully it's value added. Sure. But it's, I mean, it's picked up a lot more traction than I anticipated. Okay. And I love that. I think yeah, that's awesome. Too. It makes it feel, especially because it is one more thing to do. This is mm-hmm. certainly not like written into either of our job descriptions. We do this because we like to yeah, and we care absolutely. about it. And so to know that it's, um, that people are listening is helpful. Sure. <laughs> it makes I mean, it feel meaningful. Absolutely. Time is finite. Yeah. And to spend it on, I mean, genuinely you and I have these conversations all day, so yeah. we don't need to worry have another about one. Yeah, well, at, on the record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, we are, we're going to start into a new series today. And pretty much all we do. I think it might be my favorite series ever. You think so? Yeah. I really, I was thinking about it and like Uh prepping it and doing my little notes and Uh all of that. I I really genuinely think um, based on just the way my brain works and the amount of time and energy we put into what you're about to share. Yeah. I, I, I'm the most excited about it on the front end. Good. I'll we'll see how reflect the back, yeah. on the end. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> we'll see. In eight episodes, we'll circle back mm-hmm. and see how you feel like it. Went. I like it. Well, if you are listening to this episode and you've never listened to From the Field, uh, one thing that we try to do every episode, the only thing we really try to do is we try to take a particular challenge or obstacle that Mm -hmm. ministry leaders face and to help overcome that or talk about how we wrestle with it, how we've overcome it. And so one challenge in pastoral ministry that I know is, is commonplace for all of us, I think it's especially true in church planting, is determining, especially when you're starting and laying foundation, is knowing what matters. Sure. Um, like, I think if you're a part of a denomination where they specifically dictate to you, here's, here's everything that you do, mm-hmm. that's different. Yeah. You know, I think that you're like handed a playbook. Some networks are like that too. And you yeah. just run the plays. Yep. By and large, I don't think that's super normative. And so as a result, no. we... And I think it's getting less and less normative. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. think the, I think, th- and I really, I mean, anyone who's been listening to this probably knows this about us, but we don't love that. Mm-mm. The like one size fits <laughs> nah. everywhere, every context. No. And so, but, but in, I think in light of not always knowing, I think we err in one of two places. So we end up doing way too many things, mm-hmm. you know? So like we've both seen the church websites where they're a church of like a hundred, 200 people. And they have like 97 ministries that they're running. Mm-hmm. To me, that's always evident of you don't really know what matters sure. in your own mind. So you're just trying everything. It's yeah. well intended. Your goal is exclusively more people. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and let's, let's say that it has a good motivation, not just about people, but like impact on people. Yeah. But it's just that generic. But, but the theory is we're just going to cast the widest net possible yep. to get the most fish. Mm-hmm. But then on the other end, I think sometimes you can do too few things where you're like, I, we're just going to do church on Sunday and, small groups. And that's the only thing exclusively that we do. And I would say that's probably too little. And so to avoid this, uh, what we have to do is we have to give real intentional thought to what we're going to do and why. Mm. And I think to the point that you were saying earlier, this is something that we have given years of thought Mm -hmm. and trial and error to. And, uh, and we've, we've gotten real intentional about the things that we do. And so I think people might hear that and think, okay, so I need to do like an offsite, and I need to nail down like mission, vision, values, purpose. Yeah. R- yep. Write all those, which I'm still unclear what the difference between mission, vision, and purpose are. Yeah. It, they all seem like different ways of saying the same mm-hmm. thing. But I know churches that have a different mission, vision, and purpose. Totally. 
And even and in reading them, I still don't countless understand. Countless companies, yeah. for sure. Yeah. We need to nail down our rhythms, our practices, all that stuff. And I think starting there can be a problem. Mm. And I think for us, this really started with when we planted our first church in 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, we were not a part of a denomination that was dictating anything to us. Right. Um, we had, we both grew up in the church. Yep. So we had experience being a part of a church. We did not have experience being a part of the type of church that we wanted to plant. Right. And so as a result, we I had, mean, if we knew of the type of church that we, we would have gone to there. plant, yeah, yeah. <laughs> way easier. Side note, if <laughs> yeah. you're planting a church and the one that you love is down the street, just, just go there. They'll maybe get a they'll job give at you Starbucks a job. and go there. Yeah. yeah. And so as a result, 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 I think there will, I, I really didn't have clarity. And so I think my approach to it then was I'm going to look at churches elsewhere that did have things that I admire and like mm-hmm. we're going to try to do that. Sure. But as a result of like somewhere along, I don't remember exactly where it was. We were probably a year or two years in. Mm-hmm. We were in Cutting Hall yep. in uh, downtown Palatine. Mm-hmm. And I started reading a book called Simple Church. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's a great, great book I would recommend that people read. But basically they take to task the idea that their point is like every church has, you know, so many programs. They all have these million statements that we were just talking about and documents that have been written and all of that. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows any of it. Mm. Not even the person who wrote it. Totally. And it muddies your mission. You totally. don't really know what you're doing. And so their whole thing was like simplify, streamline, what did like clarify what you're trying to do and how you're going to do it. And so we, we worked through that and that became for us, what was basically like redemption 2.0. Sure. Where we were very clear about this is what we're trying mm-hmm. to do. This is how we get people connected and how we make disciples here. Totally. But the truth is there was one more iteration of this that proved to be the most important and it didn't come from a ministry book. It really came from your time at Starbucks. So talk a little bit about, how we went from like the simple church, real streamlined, mm-hmm. simple process that we used to this final iteration that still impacts everything we do today. Yeah. So I spent 10 years working at Starbucks and uh, through the time I was like a signed, sealed and delivered company man. I, to this day, uh, they have updated their like uh, mission statement and all of that mm-hmm. since I was there, but I could quote you all of the points of the original one, and it was long. You you continued for a good f- at least five years to mm-hmm. refer to Starbucks as we. I remember you even mentioning when I was working for you that it just started to get on my nerves you. after yeah. I was like, dude, you don't work there anymore. Now you're with us. <laughs> we are long, your we. Yeah, right. It's been a long time. Enough <laughs> with the we. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, one of the things. Uh, kind of internal language people talked about was I bleed green mm-hmm. and I definitely bled mm-hmm. only green yeah. and little mermaids would swim out. So oh, I wow. mean, Oh yeah. It was, it was something. Oh, else, cause the, the mermaid, the siren. Yeah. Yeah. I was just the, like, Phew. just thought just I was got some Disney mermaids. on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, no. Um, and we had a lot of documents, a mm-hmm. lot of them. And I knew them all. Mm-hmm. I couldn't necessarily tell you, uh, the differences are when what applied, but I knew that being a good Starbucks partner, we weren't employees, we were partners, mm-hmm. uh, I needed to know them all. 
And at that time, uh, I was a district manager, and so I knew all the things, and I cared about it passionately, mm-hmm. but now I was responsible for leading my team towards, like, success and uh-huh. and all of this kind of stuff. And thankfully, at this uh, same about time that I got promoted, we also got a new president of the company. Her name is Lonnie Skinner. Uh, she was with Starbucks for a long time and then uh, went on to do a lot of other things, and she's a CEO of the largest credit union in Canada right now. She's Canadian. Mm. Um, and so she was the president of Starbucks and she came out and really was fixated on uh, sort of pairing away all of the extra mm-hmm. and focusing us in on what she referred to as the vital few. And the vital few was this document that really helped to clarify uh, what we should be focused on as a company and and how we could align our efforts. Because the truth is, even back then, it was, I think, 15,000 stores. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how many it is now, 30, 40, 50, something like that. Uh, I just, just threw out numbers. Yeah, right? yeah. So, yeah, I think we do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, someone... Was timeline wise in like mm-hmm. Starbucks history? Yeah. Was this during the time when? Because there was definitely a season. I don't know what to think about what it is now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a McDonald's that serves mm-hmm. coffee basically. Yeah. But uh, there was a time where it was like still this like very kind of cool cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. We had like real espresso bars and pulled shots by hand yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And then it did, even over the course of the time that I worked there, it was just very clear how much they were pushing to expand. Sure. And there was a while where it was like, I think they had like some sort of quasi record label that they were trying to do. <laughs> yeah. And, hear music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all this different. So in, in this timeline, was she there where was she in the midst of that? Uh, so it was uh, during my time in Indiana. Um, and so... So it was probably during a season when they had had to do some store closures yes. and the company was mm-hmm. probably way too divided, yeah. right? In it, its, it, in its it, focus it really and was, yeah. And I, and I also think, uh, so it was this president. It was also the way that, and, and it works this way at any job. Mm-hmm. If you're a part of even a large church organization and listening, uh, you might even feel some of that, that it, it just depends on the person you work for. Mm. And so my boss was phenomenal. Uh, her boss was spectacular. Uh, they've both, so she's still with Starbucks and basically runs it for the most part now. Uh, he's the CEO of a huge health chain. Mm. Um, and they're, the way that they resonated with this idea of the vital few mm-hmm. and then pushed it down to us is one of the reasons that it lived so much. One of the reasons mm-hmm. we're talking about it today is due to their impact. But I do think that... Um, but what motivated her her like press on the vital few mm-hmm. potentially was the fact that they were trying to do too many yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. it was. And it, it was even, there was, you know, we were doing, <laughs> it's interesting, we were doing like breakfast sandwiches and all of mm-hmm. this, and and Howard had walked into a store and smelled smelled the cheese and, mm. and nixed them immediately. I mean, yeah. they were pulled out of the stores immediately. Now there's like 47 kinds. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know where all of that is today, to your point. Yeah. I think what I will say is, regardless of what the company was going through back then, and it was the mid-America region, for mm-hmm. Starbucks, we were the like we were the cream of the crop for mm-hmm. sure, uh, because we really cared mm-hmm. about all of these things, and this vital few document helped us to kind of narrow our focus in on what actually mattered. It wasn't how the sandwiches smelled, and it wasn't uh, the color of your grout. It was genuine the these few things that 
uh, we were focused on. And so what we did with this document was it wasn't just one of those things that you put on the wall, but it was this thing that we spent time talking about. We talked with the people who worked for us about. Um, uh, we had a lot of uh, kind of business activities around it. We had something called a quarterly business review in mm -hmm. which we were each responsible to uh, create a strategic plan for our districts. We had to present it to uh, all the higher ups. We had to present it to our peers. Everyone could poke holes in it. It, mm -hmm. it was just this amazing experience of how do we make sure that we are focused on the right things in the right way. And then when you, cause I, I mean, I remember when you were doing some of that and mm -hmm. it's a pretty stressful process. Oh yeah. But, but it's a tremendous gift when you walk out of the room and you know, for the next quarter, this is what I have right. to do to win. Yeah. And I think one thing that is so hard for so many people in ministry mm -hmm. is not knowing totally like it's, you know, if you have a pastor who's over you and maybe not clear themselves, like it's a moving target Yep. outside of like more people, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is just such a stupid, right. Which like, is, as we talked goal. about on this episode or on this podcast, the thing we can't control. Right. The growth. Part. Yeah. Yep. So the target okay. you're trying to hit is the one thing you can't actually do. Precisely. Yeah, that's yep. a great yeah. way to have a miserable job. Yeah. And so I think that we uh, would work on these things. And then the next quarter, you would go and be accountable for what you had committed right. to do. Yep. Uh, you get a review on that. And then you would uh, plan a court. You know, I mean, it was not uncommon. They weren't ruthless, but it wasn't uncommon for people to like be emotional mm -hmm. and this and that because you were doing your best and and trying to convey it and allowing mm -hmm. people to speak into it. But it was, it was one of the most brilliant sort of work experiences I you know, I'll, I'll look on, back on that for the rest of my life for sure. Yeah. And so it was, it was great. But, uh, then, um, you know, I'm transferred from the, that area and, uh, to the Chicagoland area yep. and, uh, God had provided for me to come on staff full time at redemption. Uh, and that was amazing mm -hmm. and super exciting. And as we did that, uh, and had spent a lot of time talking at this point, we were already a year old, I think already talking about some of the simple church stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I had just become so accustomed to, uh, this idea of having this sort of clear document of what we were going after this process of this quarterly business review and, and talking about it and just this space where, uh, it wasn't about catching someone doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about any of that. It was just genuinely about how do we all be better? Yeah. How do we constantly never uh, never lose sight of the fact that we we need to be better? And I think uh, it was hard sometimes, if I'm honest, to care when it came to the soccer mom's no-foam latte. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Starbucks back then especially was so much more than that, mm -hmm. but it was real simple mm -hmm. to think through how to apply all of these things that I had genuinely been indoctrinated with into ministry. Mm -hmm. And so many of them just plugged in like the missing puzzle piece as far as like, I, because truthfully, even when I started working for Starbucks and even to this day, coffee doesn't like drive me. Mm -hmm. I mean, it literally does. And that I use it to wake up and I enjoy mm -hmm. caffeine and all of that, but yeah. it's not this thing that I just have this romance. You don't with. like, you don't like no. read about it. And no. you're like, you're not that person. And, and I'm, I'm happy. I mean, I've got an automated machine at my house. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, it's a nice one but I still just press a button and everything happens. And then <laughs> right. You're not comes hand out. grinding and nah, pour nah. over the pour over thing and the Chemex and wetting the filter. <laughs> and you are so pretentious. It hurts my, I feelings. don't do that. Anymore. I think we just lost. Most I did of our, that for a long know. time. We lost most of our listeners because yeah. lots of pastors for some reason are into that whole shtick. Yeah. But, you know. 
Yeah. Uh, so talk about, so I know the yes. one thing that's been really meaningful to you is like we've kept, so basically spoiler alert is we're going to talk about oh, yeah. our equivalency. It's not just how awesome Starbucks yeah. used to be. It's, we've really uh, pivoted hard. <laughs> that's what this whole podcast has become <laughs> that and planning center. Huh? So we're going to talk about what our version of the vital few has become. Yeah. But to start, like we kept the name yeah, and oh, a lot of that has to do with, and I, that's usually pretty hard for me. I know. Cause I like to name stuff. And the big thing is like, I really need like for me to feel okay. Cause this is my insanity as I just need to feel comfortable with it. I need mm-hmm. to feel clear and it makes sense to me. And this was a rare occasion when I, when I even felt like, this is this is the right name. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to think of any other in our whole relationship, any other language this. thing I've even had mind share in. I just yeah. I, I tell people oh, I don't know what it's going to be called. Yeah. <laughs> you got to talk to Ryan. <laughs> I, yeah. So so yeah, I think the vital few. What I love about the name, the vital few, and what I love about the fact that we still use it today, uh, even looking at the word vital, it means absolutely necessary or important, essential. And I think you know if you have to call nine one one and the EMTs come the very first thing they do is they check your vitals yeah because these are the things that are necessary for life they're mm-hmm. the uh, and i love even that it's the vital few so yeah. not you not know one can, million yeah could you imagine if the emt had like three and a half hours worth of like right. things to check on no they, no, they I, understand I, you quickly. Bleed out before that <laughs> right yeah they understand pretty quickly how you're doing as it as it pertains to your vitals and so i love the fact that we were able to uh, we were able to keep that. And, yep. and as we got more time together, as I was full time and, and we went, we were talking, we finally landed on the fact that we needed this ourselves. Yep. And so took our first of, you know, many uh, annual retreats where we sat down and really spent a good chunk of time pining over every word, every mm-hmm. thought. Uh, <laughs> I think up a lot I remember words. writing, by and large, writing the first draft on the plane, mm-hmm. and then we spent the better part of three days. Um, someday we'll have to talk about how we do some of our retreats. Totally, <clears throat> because it's a mixture of of like intentional focused conversation, then a lot of like hanging out just on the go. Mm-hmm. That's what has we've learned works for us. Absolutely. Um, but th- I remember writing that first draft, and then us sitting down and literally going line by line, word word by word. And nailing down the whole thing. Yeah. And I think as a result of how much time and effort we put into it, it's a document that largely has not changed in, I don't know how long it's been. It's been a long time. A decade, probably. We've been yeah, utilizing Yeah, 2011, probably. Was yeah. when it was? Yeah. Yes, yeah, probably. I, uh, no, it was 2012. It was May of 2012 is when it was written. Okay. So, yeah. So, we did that. And, and so, I would say when I think about... Because I could, you know, someone could think like, so you guys, you wrote another document mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Yeah. We called it something new yeah. <laughs> that didn't exist. Not yeah. purpose, not vision, not, and yeah. But yeah, here's, exactly. here's how I would like, so we're not, we're not, we're not like anti-documents. We're not mm-hmm. anti-vision statements or purpose. I think, I think and all of them. Do I them all. I think they're great to, to be able to focus your thinking. I just, the only word of advice I would give to you as the leader is so frequently that document you write and create is for you yeah, and for you and you might share it, but if you expect it to resonate mm-hmm. with people 
that you share it with in the same way it did with you as you birthed it. That's yeah, crazy talk. I agree. And I would say the biggest thing that distinguishes this document from those other things mm-hmm. is that this has always informed what we actually do. Yeah. Right? So it's not a statement of faith no, that not says esoteric what we believe. Way. It's not like, oh man. So I want people to know yeah. that a little while ago, mm-hmm. you, you threw out the word esoteric and were so filled with shame that you looked away when you said it because you knew you did not know what that word meant. And in all fairness, I didn't look it up. I still, you still don't know dropped if it, it on it right. the podcast. I'm not even sure. <laughs> what, what? So what, what? Double down. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those things are just very, they are very um, theoretical. They're very philosophical. They're yeah. not really tied to like, it's Wednesday afternoon and I, what am I supposed to be doing? Yep, or exactly. Or it's quarter two of the ministry year and what are the things that I'm trying to accomplish? Whereas this Vital Few document for us has really helped provide focus and it defines for us what matters. We don't yep. have to wake up and wonder. We know these seven things are what matter. Exactly. And so here's how we're going to spend a week going through each one of these one by one. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to read the full description. But here's how the beginning of this document reads. At Ridgeline, we believe a growing that growing a faithful and fruitful church demands a few vital behaviors. These are the seven areas we work to bring a relentless focus. And then the seven are this. Life-changing worship services, creating catalysts for connection, missional team service, providing clear next steps, cultivating cultural consistency, helping churches thrive, and healthy leaders, healthy churches. And so Mm. that's where we're headed for the next seven weeks. And Mm. if you have looked at anything that we do at Ridgeline, it's, it all falls within the confines of those seven things. That's what we do. So a little bit more about this actual document that we wrote, I think specifically, so people might hear um, that we wrote this document and these are the seven things that we do, but then Mm -hmm. might have a question about, well, what do you actually do with this? Yeah. So talk a little bit about, I think, so I'll, I'll start by saying one thing is, in the way that we worded it, we defined what each of these seven things means for us totally. and what it looks like for us here. Yeah. So I think it's put some flesh on the bones of what we actually do. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, there's been another way that we've utilized it that you talked about how you did at Starbucks that yeah. I think has was probably the most impactful. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So we, uh, we instituted a quarterly ministry review. Uh, this is something that we did, especially as we had a larger staff and team mm-hmm. and those kind of things. Um, and just gave, uh, both lay and vocational ministry leaders an opportunity to, uh, take these items mm-hmm. and then align underneath what we were kind of focused on for the church. Cause mm-hmm. even within these seven things, you can't focus on all of them all of the sure. time. You have to come up with your priorities. And so we can set those priorities. And then each of the different team leaders was responsible for coming up with. So this is what I'm going to focus on. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to do with my team. This is how I'm going to work to fit underneath the banner of what we're focused on as a church so that we're sending one clear and consistent message. And uh, it was a really, really great uh, thing that we did, uh, even through some of the difficulty we had at the church in Hickory, it was a really beneficial thing to help everyone align under this is who we are and this Mm -hmm. is what we're heading out to accomplish as a church. Are there, so most, I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of people that have never been a part of a 
quarterly ministry review. Yeah. I mean, I had not until we did this. Yeah. So with, you don't have to like go into all the details sure. of it, but are there any specifics that come to mind when, if someone's like, oh, I want to give this a shot, even mm-hmm. if they don't have a vital few document yeah. yet, but they want to institute some sort of quarterly ministry review process. Yep. What exactly, like what are some best practices that you would recommend? Yeah. I mean, I think what you're really boiling it down to is uh, what are we focused on? Mm-hmm. Uh, how are we going to go after it? And mm-hmm. how are we going to measure? It. Now, mm. I will say in ministry, the how measured is a little bit grayer than it was at Starbucks. But I would say, I think one thing that, that we did work really hard through this was to say, if you can't measure it, you can't set it. Like right. that can't totally. be, it, they, yeah. these need to be actionable items sure. that you Adding have control over. Adding people to your over. team, right. uh, doing different songs, all of those kind of things. Because there are, so as much as there is a lot within ministry you can't measure, you can measure your productivity, you mm-hmm. can measure your focus, you mm-hmm. can measure... Uh, communication. You mm-hmm. can. There's just so many things you can measure, right? Uh, and that's that's what we did. And so I think uh, it genuinely is just you know a simple form or table uh-huh. that you can create. I think uh, another big thing is making sure that people don't have too many. I think typically it was three, maybe four at the most five goals mm-hmm. that you were setting, um, and then kind of the the tactics underneath that. Because the truth is, it's. It, uh, it's unhelpful for uh, people to spend a ton of time and energy creating a presentation or a document that no one looks at again. Right. And I think I loathe that. I have, you know, even within my XP through the time, uh, I've had uh, different pastors ask for dashboards and this and that and all. Mm-hmm. And and I think, uh, so back to something you said earlier, mm-hmm. Planning Center has some great dashboards. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely don't believe you need things beyond that. Mm-hmm. I know that there are people out there who, especially the executive pastor types, who believe mm-hmm. that like everything la- lands in data. And you need some of it, but more than anything, you need to go after what you're trying to get. And, I and think, then retroactively measuring it. And I think that's a great example of, I think, I think because there are so many things that do fall outside of our control in ministry that Mm -hmm. I think one of the ways that ministry leaders try to make up for that is to like create they they, because they can't define in inside the confines of what I can control and what Mm -hmm. I can do. Here's what really matters. Right. And because they don't know what matters. Sure. It's that it's like, just give me all this other stuff that needs to be done or that I can do. And, and I think one of the most important, lessons, Lord willing, that does come with maturity and time in ministry mm-hmm. is the ability to discern sure. what actually matters. Yeah. And I think, I think, and some of it is, I think some of the reason that people aren't willing to define what matters is uh, sometimes they don't know. Sometimes mm-hmm. this whole exercise and some of these things that I learned it through my time in the, you know, the secular business world mm-hmm. um, are things that pastors are not aware of mm-hmm. uh, if they just, you know, got their MDiv and those types of things. And sometimes people are afraid to establish this is what matters. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes they really, um, because once you say, this is what matters. You are implying and these things don't. Mm-hmm. And we've had to do that yeah. uh, through time, especially as a church plant. I'm here to tell you, if as a church planter, you are unable to say this is what matters and this is what doesn't, um, it's going to be a disaster f- or a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're either going to wear yourself uh, to the place where you quit ministry altogether before your church is even fully launched mm-hmm. because you're doing too much. Uh, you're going to hate the church that you're going to mm-hmm. uh, or some hybrid in between. And so I yeah. really think that 
Um, you need to be willing to settle on the, and, and it's not to say that anything else is bad, mm-hmm. but you just cannot focus yeah. on everything. It sort of all goes back to what the, the last few. Yeah. But to the last converse series of conversations sure. that we had about, and this is another, I think this is probably a much, um, we've been focused on, especially like coming out of COVID, what matters most, like where to be focused, mm-hmm. how to like where we're focused on health right now. Yeah. And so this is a much more specific and I would say probably long-term version of that, of deciding like forever sort of, this is who we're going to be and what we're going to do. And I think one thing that can be hard about that is if you're, if you have not clearly defined what success is Mm -hmm. to use that word totally, and therefore success is just more people. It is very scary Mm -hmm. to say, we're not going to, essentially care about or practice these things that could help us get more people. And the fear then is, well, what if these things we're going to focus on don't get us a bunch of people, then we've failed. And so that's why I think the more, I think another benefit of having a vital few is if we're doing these seven things, regardless of whether or not there's a thousand people or a hundred, we're, we're successful. We're faithful to what to the church that God has called us to plant because we are doing these seven things. Totally, because then the document acts as a filter. Yeah. The point of any filter is to catch some stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you wouldn't have a filter. You know, you think back to our coffee conversation. If the ground just poured through, what's the point of that? And it's a nasty cup of coffee. Right. You have to have something catch the things that aren't supposed to get through. Right. And that's the importance of this document. So I think oh, we've done quarterly ministry reviews. I think uh, so. You, so one of the uh, vital few that you mentioned, uh, the title Helping Churches Thrive, yeah. um, the church we planted in Illinois, the church we have here, our kind of external going money and the mm-hmm. things that we invest in outside of our four walls. Yeah. Uh, I mean, certainly we have outreach, which is more local kind of stuff, but then we don't have a missionary support line. We don't have a church planting line. We don't have, we have a helping churches thrive line. We mm-hmm. believe as uh, a church, we are called to help other churches thrive. Does that mean that we would help out church plants? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that we would support uh, a missionary support a ministry? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of those kind of things, as long as it fits within the stool that we've created of helping churches Mm -hmm. thrive. Yeah, totally. So this really does, I mean, I don't think we could probably overemphasize the extent to which this really does dictate who we are. Hiring, all of that. What we do, all of it. So so where we go from here is we're going to take one week each to talk about each of these things. And I think I just want to state here at the outset, we are going to talk about our vital few. And uh, I think at least portions of our vital few has been adopted by other people. Absolutely. And I would say if this really resonates w- with your heart, you can mm-hmm. email Tyler or I and we'll send it to you so yeah. you can have it. So you don't have to try to write it down while we're Tyler talking. Tyler at myxp.church, myxp.church. Yeah. Um, and I would say if you're not, I wouldn't, I would not be able to do that to just adopt somebody else's. Sure. I want to do the work to totally. write it through. So I don't want to discourage if it really does resonate with you, then I think that's great. I would still encourage you to do what we did, which is to go word by word, line by line. And if you're not going to use ours, then do this with writing your own mm-hmm. and use this as an example and then put in the work to really determine um, this is what we do. Yeah, and absolutely. Then, and and regard, if it takes you months to do it, it's worth that investment to know 
now for the rest of the time that you exercise leadership in that church, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Just makes, I think, long-term life so much more simple totally. and focused. And it was a lot of work, but to your point, we don't like revise it all the time. As a matter of fact, and we'll talk about why and all of that, we added one mm-hmm. for very good reason. Yeah. But that's it. That's the only one we've added. We haven't gotten slight rid of any. language changes. Yeah, Very just if slight. there's like, if, if if a program is mentioned in it, like what we would call, the, we call the program maybe at Redemption is different than what we call a program at Ridgeline. Sure. We changed that. Mm-hmm. Outside that, there weren't any major changes to it. Yep. The, the meat of it has really stayed the same. Yep. So starting next week, uh, we'll jump in. We're going to start with uh, worship services and how we think about that and what we run after. So... We look forward to being able to talk about that. But as always, we want you to know we count it a great honor that you would take the time to listen to this. And uh, maybe you've listened to all 50. You think anyone's listened to all 50 episodes? I can think of a couple people. You think so? Mm-hmm. Have think you Zach listened has. to all 50 episodes? Yes. Have you really? Mm-hmm. Good for you, man. It's a tweaking. Listen, it's always I, tweaking. And I want to clarify, I don't think we've ever told anyone. I think this has come up a couple of times yeah. that I do listen to them. It's not a vanity thing. I'm genuinely providing myself feedback as I listen. No, you're listening because you're like, you want to hear the talent. Oh, yeah, because I'm real excited <laughs> about my lisp. I got to tell you. Your lisp. Side note, the person who put an S in the word. Lisp? Yeah. That was That mean. person, I don't believe, is probably in heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. No chance. Well, even if you have not listened to all 50 episodes, and this is your first one, uh, but you've enjoyed it, you can help us in three ways. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a review there, and then also we'd love to connect with you on social media. So you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And you can find me on the same platforms at, at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.